He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Is this the tagger? Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes. Like. From the back seat, I am your host, Ethan, and I am joined today by my co-host. What up, guys? A lot going on here in San Diego. Clark, myself, just referred to myself in third person. It's been such an exciting time, but good things going on. Opening day tomorrow. Those Aztecs in the final four. It's hard to beat being a San Diego sports town fan right now, folks. Got a great show. Can't wait to get right into it. Yeah, and just so Clark doesn't lose his insanity, I'll say the date just so everyone thank knows. Thank you. Well, it, thank you. It, it is March 29th. It's not for me, Ethan. It's, it's for our listeners, okay? I'm trying it's to be courteous the to them, please. Yeah, uh, I really didn't think about how this would affect them. But yeah, it's March 29th. Uh, we are in the middle of March Madness right now. In fact, Final maybe the times. maddest that March has ever been, at least I can think of in my lifetime. I mean, we got a nine seed, four seed, five seed. No ones. No ones. I mean, I think they had said that after Houston lost to Miami, that was the first time they had no one seeds in the Elite Eight, I think, since 79. Yeah. So it's about as jumbled as a bracket as you could get, but it's also probably one of the most fun March Madnesses that I can recall in recent history. Well, I feel like it's a fun March Madness for – like people who like underdogs, but it's not a fun March Madness if you like to see the uh, like those blue chip programs win. I guess, but I'll say this, and maybe maybe you'll disagree with it, but I actually think what March Madness is giving us right now is probably sports almost at its best. You have four teams that no one, I think anyone in the right mind would have told you would be here in the final four, Miami, San Diego State, UConn, and Florida Atlantic. But here they are, all wild underdogs for one reason or another, and they're facing off down there in Houston. And I think, again, maybe it's me just being you know romantic about it, but I think it's the underdog story that they all have is what sports is at its best, and that's you know finding those underdogs, rising above, and they each have great storylines and narratives going in. It's going to be such a fun time down there in Houston. Yeah, for sure. I mean – uh, it, it's definitely a blast right now, but I do want to shout out one person who knew this was coming and that's Kelly who picked it random in her. Wow. Uh, Kelly. Did she really? She, she's in first place in her sports law, like pool of like 60 people. She picked UConn Kelly, in the finals. You, you dog. What a dog, man. Getting it done. She, you know, she was late nights. You know, people think she's in there getting that law degree. No, she was late night. Going over the K Palm rankings, look at the defensive efficiencies, looking who's got the best guard play. She's not studying for the bar. She was just going no. hard for March Madness. She was really looking forward to cleaning up in that sports uh, law class. It, I will say it was fun because uh, I helped her pick, and her way of picking teams was just about how random you actually like anyone who believes that they like have an advantage when it comes to March Madness. March Madness is just total like luck. It's a crap. Is it crap? I mean, it's just, it's just such a gamble because, like, Kelly went by funniest name. She picked funniest names to win. See, look, so I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So this is the or, Oh, and the other thing is, or if her dad is associated to the college in any way, that's what made it go- them go far. 
See, that's what makes it fun. So I, I will tell you the flip side of what Kelly is experiencing is what I'm currently going through. So again, for those who don't know, I am a sports journalist. My full-time job is to cover sports. Um, I decided to have our office, uh, our newsroom do a pool, a March Madness pool. They had not done one. Um, I thought for some reason that I would just clean up on this. There is 20 people involved. I am in 19th place. Oh, man. <laughs> I am in dead last, second to last. Um, the only person who is behind me used a 20-sided dice to pick. So basically, I'm only marginally better than rolling a dice or a die, I should say. And so coming into work on, what was it, Monday and having a bunch of older you know, 60, 65 women in advertising who I really don't talk to that much, absolutely razzed the shit out of me, was both hilarious and infuriating at the same time. Because for my personal pride, again, I'm one of those people who sat down for two hours and really thought I was cooking up something special, when in reality, I was cooking absolute shit. There was nothing being cooked. I was the worst. I was a kitchen nightmare, essentially. Yeah, I mean, March Madness, it's like the same as Survivor Pools if you've ever done a Survivor Pool in the NFL. It's just guessing at some point. Like, you can be as technical as you want, and you can believe that you're giving yourself better odds, but March Madness is just such a joke. Again, Kelly literally didn't know any of the teams, and she just randomly picked, and she's like, well, my dad used to live close to UConn, dog, so I'll man. pick UConn. You know who her winner was? Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't told you. It was Purdue. <laughs> that's an early bounce it's an early bust yeah. to the bracket but... that was her that was her winner but she had sdsu in the elite eight because so, i was okay. like just send the san diego boys i mean okay I, I will say this this is the one area of my terrible bracket that i will toot my horn on and it can be a good transition to maybe talking a little about san diego state i did have san diego state going to the elite eight i had them actually losing to creighton in my bracket oh, wow. um but that being said, I did feel confident San Diego State would have a great run. Again, this is a team that has defied the idea or defined, I should say, the idea that defense travels. A senior heavy team that has been absolutely led by Brian Dutcher. Michael Bradley's been great. A rope, you know, Ladie have all stepped up in huge ways in this tournament. And I think it's a really cool moment. I think for anyone who's watched the San Diego State basketball program for a long time, like myself, I mean, I can remember us two watching San Diego State play BYU back when it was Kawhi versus Jimmer. You know, those teams, I think, even teams with guys like, you know, Michael Flynn and Xavier Thames, they made these sweet 16 runs before this team. All of them sort of had the expectation of like, you know, I don't know what this team's going to do, and they surpassed them. But I think what really makes this San Diego State team special, aside from how far they've gotten, is that there was really high expectations coming into the season. People thought they should go into the Maui Invitational preseason and win, take care of business, be a high-ranked team. And they've done all of that, and now they've knocked off top team after top team in Alabama. And it's not only just a big run in terms of getting to the Final Four, and by the way, I think they have the best shot of any team left, but I also think for the program itself, this is such a massive run for them because the amount of guys that they're going to have come to this university now. San Diego State, especially if they get moved to the Pac-12, is going to be a powerhouse, I think, moving forward with Brian Dutcher at the helm. And this team, I think you see him make deep runs year in and year out moving forward if what I think happens in terms of getting guys in the transfer portal and new recruits coming in. Yeah, I think it all just depends. Uh I think it's all just a situation as we'll see as it plays out. I mean, it all really depends on what happens over these next two games. 
I mean, I mean if again, SDSU gets bound, bounced to Florida Atlantic, then yeah, I mean, it's a huge win for the city of San Diego and it's a huge win for the program, but this run will not be remembered by national fans if they got beat by a ninth seed. I think, okay, it won't be remembered nationally per se. Like there won't be people who sit down and remember this, like, you know, the 1982 NC state team that made a big run to beat Houston on a last second slam dunk. But I think for a lot of people and most importantly, those getting recruited, this will resonate because of how well that they've played. And I think that'll certainly help them. I mean, I, I think it'll help sway. And this would be my biggest thing is I think this would help sway California recruits I to think maybe so go too. away from USC, UCLA to yes. more of SDSU. I think that's the kind of prospect we would see. We might see some transfer portal of people from other states, but I think it would really help Southern California scouting. I think uh, so too. I mean, again, especially with UCLA and USC now going to be in the Big Ten. Like, if you're San Diego State, you'd be like, hey, stay at home. We play on the West Coast. You don't have to take a freaking five-hour flight to go play at Ohio State every other weekend. You don't have to do that. Did you see the stat that SDSU is the most winningest program if you combine winning percentages between football and basketball yes, over the exactly. last like five okay. years? Again, we could talk about this. I think San Diego State should have been in the Pac-12 for years. This is yeah. The, I mean, they should have been in the Pac-12. Ridiculous. They and people are always like, oh, they only play in the Mountain West. Well, they kick the shit out of everyone in the Mountain West every year, save a season with Boise State. I mean, th this is routine for them. There's no reason. They they regularly outperform teams in the Pac-12 in both football and basketball. I mean, the only team that they don't, and it's usually a rivalry, and I'm mainly because I'm thinking of the Kawhi Leonard years, it was like BYU with Jimmer Fredette. That I was mean, like yeah, a I legit mean, rivalry. Like that. But that's so long ago. Like BYU, I know, that, I mean, that was like a while ago. relevant now. in terms of whatever relevance is, and I'm pretty sure they play in the American Athletic Conference now. Oh, I didn't know they moved. I thought they no, were they, they we do not. I don't think we play. I could be wrong. No, we don't play. I have no idea. Anymore. I just you remember like, that rivalry because that was when we were in like middle school and that or when we were in high yeah, school. Yeah, I mean, that that was 2010 with Jimmer. Yeah, that was fun back then. And it's that was fun. great. We, I mean, again, Jimmer like was the encapsulation of. I mean, obviously, I think Steph Curry's made like just pulling up from way deep a big thing. But Jimmer range, that was a big phrase for a while. That's Jimmer range. It was. Man. Just way I mean, beyond two-step pull-up. It is crazy to think back to, like, we were we used to watch all those games, SDSU back then, and, like, we used to watch Kawhi, and we were like, yeah, this is the greatest player on the planet. And it is crazy to think about how we, like, weren't wrong about that idea. I mean, Kawhi, well, I agree. He's, not the, he's not the greatest player on the planet. He's but one I of mean, the greatest. I would say, I mean, I guess there's so many guys you can make it, but yeah. I would say at this point, he's at what, going to probably finish as a top 30, 40 NBA player of all time? I don't know. I mean, if he's, not just gonna be he's just going to be remembered for that championship run with the Raptors because no, that was a thing. Without a legacy. Doubt. I mean, that, that was a ceiling moment for him. But again, I, I again, back to the San Diego State point, though. Yeah, I mean, that was a I think that's probably the most relevant they had been. But again, I just think overall for San Diego State, this has been a great run for a senior heavy team with uh, Brian Dutcher. It's been an awesome thing to watch. Again, defense travels. They played bully ball against Creighton. They made him feel small towards the end of the game. You saw it. And again, I think they have the best shot of the four teams left to go ahead and win this thing. I really do. I know Florida Atlantic's really good. And they should be written off because they did win 33 games. So don't tell them they're an underdog. But I think State has the best shot of anyone left to go ahead and take it home. Yeah, we'll see. If there's one thing this tournament has showed us, though, is uh, it's impossible to guess. So yes, we'll see what I happens. I like to guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, March Madness has been fun.
No, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's been, been fun. Also, uh, if you want to discount SDSU as you move forward off of the foul call at the end of the game, just get out of here. No, that's so that stupid. was such a clear foul. It would it it would if have been a much it, bigger story if they had not, not called, called that. It. I mean, come on, it was a blatant push while he was in the lane while shooting. Exactly. I mean, there's no way that you. I mean, there's no way you can't call it. And here's the you thing too that really that. like that bothered me. And I think this is discourse around this phrase is starting to bother me more and more. Like, oh, don't make that call. The moment's too big. I'm sorry, but a foul is a foul when it happens. You can't just not call it because you deem the moment too large. Well, and the other thing is, like, I get that they're saying the refs decided the game, but no, it's he blatant. got around the defender. Now, I will argue. People are using the Super Bowl as like, oh, that holding call. Like, if you believe that they shouldn't have called it on SDSU, they shouldn't have called the hold. No, because the hold didn't really affect the play all that much. Yeah. Like, the hold's different because the hold, while, yes, it did happen, it was a dead play, basically. Like, it was just thrown over there because Mahomes hadn't thrown the ball yet. Yeah, exactly. And there's no, again, there's no comparison because, again, if we flip the script, say they don't call it, I would have been at the bar that I was at going berserk to random people who I don't know complaining, who probably would have been doing the same thing to me because it was that obvious that it was a fact. It was that obvious. So, yeah. Don't don't be one of those people that say, oh, it's too big of a moment. You can't call the foul. It was a foul. You have to call it. Also, if you set that precedent, then all of a sudden, every defender is just going to foul every shooter at the end of games. Exactly. I mean, you just make it too easy. If there's no rules, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about March Madness before we move on? No, but come on, State, man. They got to finish this thing off. I'm proud of those Aztecs. I want to see them go ahead and bring that uh, championship home. So we can have a parade here. I'm sure there'd be some sort of a parade. I'm definitely down for that. Yeah, there would be something. I mean, again, I I texted this after they beat Creighton of like, it would be kind of fun if the first championship in San Diego history comes from out of SDSU didn't come out of the chargers didn't come out I mean I guess we would say of like the major sports yeah I mean because they've won titles and other smaller collegiate things but yes of like the notable college athletic programs major sports of like when they consider like championships to a city you consider like those main of no it would be be a great moment for the university it'd be an even better moment for that team for all those guys that put through them again it's a senior heavy team that has shown a lot of will and a lot of confidence and a ton of grit through this whole tournament and this whole season that got written off. So it'd be great for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit. I cannot wait to get into that. So uh, if you've been under a rock Rock. for the last like a big old rock, if you've been under that thing, uh, a lot of people's top five quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson, has been placed on what's called an exclusive rights free agency. Now, I want to take a second to explain what that is because there are a lot of question marks that people are giving. Basically, what it is, is they place a non-exclusive franchise tag. That's the best way to put it. Yes. Is basically, is they put a franchise tag at a lower tenure. So, Lamar Jackson, had he gotten the original franchise tag, he would have gotten paid $40 million next year. But because they did a non-exclusive, he'll get paid $32 million by the Baltimore Ravens if he stays on the team. And as such, for them saving those $8 million, Lamar Jackson is able to negotiate with other teams and vice versa. They're able to negotiate with them and they are able to come up with a contract. Now, what happens if Lamar agrees to a contract? Then 
it will go to the Ravens. The Ravens have the first opportunity to match it. And if they do not, Lamar can sign with another team in exchange for two first-round picks. It would be this year and next year, no matter what. It's just built into it. That's what the exclusive right is. So, just recently, it has come out that in early March, Lamar Jackson asked for a trade. Mm -hmm. From Lamar himself, he announced this on Twitter. Yes, he announced this on Twitter, and which has led to a lot of confusion around what's the point of an exclusive rights free agency if he wants to get traded. It's then he's he's free to do his own thing. He's not yeah. built. Basically, he's saying he's going to hold out throughout the season if he's not traded is essentially what's going to happen here, which leads to a lot of conundrums. And a lot of people have their opinions on the Lamar Jackson situation, whether they're for him or against him, because Deion Sanders has come out against Lamar. Um, and there are countless other people who have come for Lamar. Yes. So, Clark, let me let me. There's a lot to unpack in this situation. So let me get your first thoughts on the Lamar Jackson. So I will tell you this much. Um, for me as a Bengals fan, this is all very funny. Because I was told repeatedly by Ravens fans that our, our franchise is poverty and we won't pay anyone. But last year we are. Shoes on the other foot. And they're refusing to pay their star quarterback. Um, I can't. I, I If I'm a team such as anyone who's in contention it could be atlanta it could be detroit it could be someone trying to make a move i'm certainly moving the two first round picks for him and feeling pretty confident that i can sign him however that hasn't happened so i i don't really know where things go in terms of you know where i think he goes i i don't know i still feel like atlanta could be a possibility indianapolis might make some sort of sense down the line if things move forward but, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I think in some weird way, he's going to end up being back in Baltimore. I think that they're going to figure out. It's probably going to take a while, but I just have an inclination that that's just what it's going to end up being. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but that's just kind of my feeling on it. So that that's what I would say. I think teams should certainly trade those two first round picks for him. It wouldn't be a question if I was a general manager. Look, all the time we talk about you want the quarterback to be a top 10 guy because that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl. He's right there waiting for you. But for some reason, they're deciding that they don't want to go after him. So I think ultimately he ends up back in Baltimore, but we'll just have to wait and see. So I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. So last week I deemed Austin Eckler as the biggest loser of free agency because he's kind of watched his market just yes absolutely Terrible. just get evaporated. Again, we talked about Austin Eckler should show up to the Chargers facility and just pretend that that didn't happen. And which is funny because he's, he's still doubling down, and oh, it's I been know. reported that they the Chargers have offered him as an extension. He said no to it multiple times, <sighs> which is crazy. But. Uh, We'll not get into that, but yes. I, I just want to compare the situations because I kind of think that's what's happening to Lamar. I think Lamar expected he would get to free agency and everyone would give him a fully guaranteed contract. I think that's what he thought, which isn't a bad idea, but the more time I've had to sit on it, as much as I like, kind of believe the, the collusion thing that the NFL doesn't want to give out a fully guaranteed contract, I keep going in the back of my head of like, I still think the league would give Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert fully guaranteed. I think that they will. And, and I think they probably will. I think it's Lamar because of the injury concerns, which the more I think about it, 
is kind of totally warranted. He's been injured his last two seasons. He is a mobile quarterback who but really Mike, relies on his athleticism. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, my, it, if you're going to give a guy a fully guaranteed contract, if he tears his ACL next season, you're stuck. I, I agree. I'm not disputing that. However, I will say Lamar's injuries have never technically occurred out of the pocket running. They've both been while they're in the pocket. Um, So Drew asked us, do you guys feel that Baltimore has tried to devalue Lamar through the media with sources? Yeah, every team 100%. does. 100%. They are every- leaving anything and everything that they can to gain any sort of leverage in this situation. But again, every team does this. I have no doubt that Every team during negotiations does this kind of stuff. They Here's try to one, devalue their stars to get them for cheaper. Here's one thing that I will say, and again, this is the Bengals-centric mind me. But wouldn't it just be, if you're the Bengals, and you're really coming down because you're going to have to give that guaranteed money, if you gave Joe that fully guaranteed contract, you would put the final nail in that coffin to make sure that Lamar does not come back to Baltimore. If they give him that, Lamar has no other reason to say that's exactly what I want. That's exactly the only thing I'm going to take. And the Ravens don't appear to be willing to do that. So if you're the Bengals out there coming down to that extension, don't be afraid to go ahead and give that fully guaranteed because it could probably force the only other elite quarterback out of your division. Yeah. I think it's all just in circumstance. It is all in circumstance. the, The Lamar Jackson situation, I just think is really unique because this is the first time I've actually felt I understand the opinions of both sides. I understand Lamar feels like he should get paid like Deshaun Watson. I do too. And like, I totally understand where he's coming from, but I also can't help but wonder if like this would already have been figured out if he had an agent, like I get that he doesn't have an agent, but I just can't, I just can't decide. Like he's not a professional at this. And he's probably sitting there. No, I just want Deshaun. And there's no negotiation happening. It's basically, I want Deshaun Watson. I'm sure there's some sort of give and take, no doubt. I mean, maybe a little bit, but based on the numbers that Baltimore has claimed that they've offered him, I kind of feel like their offers have been fair so far. I don't know. I mean, again, if I'm Lamar, I think it's totally fair to ask for the same deal, if not more than Deshaun. Because A, I think he's a better quarterback than Deshaun. B, you can make the argument that he's done more impressive things than the NFL than Deshaun has. And C, he's not a sexual predator like Deshaun Watson is. There's a lot of things that he can make a compelling argument that would set justify him being paid the same guaranteed money. Well, I mean, while I agree with you, I, I just feel like it's hard because the Browns are such a bad organization. The Browns are. That is the biggest thing, yes. The because, Browns- like, as I sit there, I'm just like, yes, they should have never given that contract to Deshaun Watson. That should have never happened. Sean Watson is a horrible human being yes. who hasn't played football in two years. And when he went onto the football field, it was not very good. good. Nope. But every player is going to use him as a negotiation now. And it's just, just not, he, it just ruined the league because it's going to create this huge medium between franchises and quarterback. Again, and then the Browns had to go and restructure Watson, which is just insane. I get that they're trying to go all in, but come on. You're giving him a $65 million cap hit next year. The Look, the Browns just don't know what they're doing. And the, the contract last offseason already proved that. The restructuring it, again, if he needed any more evidence, just showed it again. They're 
a completely incompetent and moronic franchise. And if you're a Browns fan, never sit there and go, oh, why doesn't good things ever happen to us? Because look at the people running your organization. They are idiots. Yeah, they're morons. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. No. I also wonder if the Lamar Jackson situation will kind of be decided on draft day because I bet a lot of these teams are trying to see where these quarterbacks I'm sure they will. Again, I think there is also some degree of teams saying, oh, we're not interested. We, we don't have interest. Some of those teams are lying. I think some of those teams are blowing smoke because they and they're probably keeping a very close tab on things because I promise you, there's no way these NFL teams look at it and say, well, we get closer to draft day. Maybe it starts looking real good. Maybe we take a guy here and we trade for Lamar. A team like Detroit sits there and says, we like Jared. But if you add Lamar to this roster, we're suddenly maybe the second best team in the NFC. Doesn't that sound good? I also think it's this this whole situation of no one wants to lose leverage. No. As no you go because everyone, especially the Colts, like the Colts are in the most prime position right now. Yeah. To where they can watch the board at number two, get to three, see if somebody jumps them. If no one jumps them, they can take either Richardson or Levis. Or if you look at some of the NFL mop drafts, for some reason, Herndon Hooker is Hennon, now okay, don't Hendon Hooker is like a fifth round guy. I think Hendon Hooker's a, he's also like what, twenty five? Yeah, people all of a sudden are deciding he's a top five pick now. Well, he's got so, a really good arm talent, but he's old now. Has like a serious injury history, I think. So that's fun. Um, so we can watch him sit there. But that's my take on the Lamar Jackson yeah. situation. Is there anything I, you again, I, I, an outsider? If you know who's a big fan of Lamar, I'm a huge fan of Lamar's game. I think he deserves to be paid. It's a shame to watch this kind of unravel like this. Uh, I just hope. Either he gets the money that he deserves or he plays somewhere that truly appreciates the player that he is. Because I don't feel like yeah, it's happening in Baltimore right now. I would love to see him in Detroit. We've talked about this before. Oh, I would that, love again, to see him we, in we'll talk about it another time. But you can't tell me if Detroit didn't, if they had Lamar Jackson, that's the top two team in the NFC. I would love to see him in Detroit. That would be menacing, especially the way they overhauled that secondary this offseason. It would be fun. It'd be great. But let's talk about opening day. So That's we are better. right on, we're right on the cusp of opening day of the MLB season, which is exciting for any baseball fan out there. Again, as most of you know that listen to the show, I am more of a football guy. I am a casual baseball fan, but I am much more into the deepness of the NFL. Whereas Clark is, I mean, he's more probably into the NFL than I am into the MLB. But the MLB yeah. is definitely his more what my he looks day. forward to the most. So Clark, yes. What are your? Let's say it now. What are the expectations for the San Diego Padres? Look, so I actually I, I wrote a column on this the past week uh, for two different papers. Um, my expectations for the Padres right now, I set it at my official count of ninety eight and sixty four is my win loss prediction for them. I have them winning the National League West. I have them winning the National League pennant. I do. <sighs> unfortunately have them losing to the Astros in the world series. I think you they think get another step repeat? closer. Um, you know, again, I'm an unbiased journalist here. I have to call it like I see it. I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. I think they're probably going to do it again. It's a dynasty at this point. However, I think San Diego is, I mean, I think by fan graphs, they're projected to have the third most run scored in major league baseball at 778. 
Right now, they're also projected to have seven guys in the lineup that posted WRC plus over 125. That's absurd. So I think from a lineup standpoint, you might not find a better offense in baseball. Um, don't be shocked if Fernando Tatis comes back after 20 games and is just a god again. I know I won't call it a revenge tour because it's not really a revenge tour when it's a revenge on his own bad decisions, I suppose. So we won't yeah, call it that. Fault. It'll just be a comeback for him. I think he'll have a great season. I think Juan Soto right now for me is my favorite to win the National League MVP. It's between him and I think Mookie Betts in my mind. I think Betts is going to have a big year in LA because I need him to step up. Those are the two guys that should be really battling it out. But for San Diego, the pitching staff is there with Darvish, Musgrove, Snell. I think they're going to have solid seasons from guys stepping up like Michael Walker. You get some meaningful innings from Brent Honeywell. I'm excited about guys in the bullpen with Hayter, Suarez, Garcia, Domingo Tapia could work in there. I think overall, if you're looking at the Padres, this is probably the best constructed lineup that they've ever had in their franchise's history. And I think as a result, they're going to put together their best season ever in franchise history. Uh, Clark, I would like to come back at one of your points. I was listening yes. to Barstool Baseball mm. recently. Barstool and, Baseball. And they were telling me that the roster construction of the Padres is actually really bad. Um, so I don't, what it, when you said it was good, did you listen to that podcast? You know, it's crazy. Um, you know, I tend to not, I did see that clip. I did of course respond to it. Barstool Carl, uh, who's a Chicago cub fan, uh, rich for that man to talk about roster construction. When again, in the tweet that I sent out they're they're employing Eric Hosmer right now. Their starting pitching is very bad. They paid Dansby Swanson $177 million, despite the fact that he has a career OPS below 800 and isn't really that great. Hey, but their depth sucks, Clark. Did you think about that? Their yes, depth again, is really when you, bad. When you're a guy like Barstool Carl, or apparently anyone who's employed by Barstool, you're either an idiot or you just have this massive Midwest and East Coast bias that you simply can't get by. Because if you look at the Padres roster, the depth of David Dahl, Rudin Odor is more than enough, not to mention they'll be getting Fernando back. So you could have times where Hassan Kim is on the bench or Jake Cronenworth comes off the bench, not to mention guys like Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz. So don't sit here and tell me the roster is not constructed well. There's guys at Barstool. All that means to me is that you simply haven't ever done a lick of research and you don't watch games that start after 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's okay. You have to go to sleep. You have to get your stupid hours of sleep because you guys are idiots. Do you want me to tell you what I think it is? And this is what I've kind clicks. Of I mean, I will say this for Barstool. They are getting what they want. This is just clicks. They just want people to click on the thing. Well, again, I, I think it's kind of like this idea of when we ramp up to every season, there's always a team that's the popular pick to yes. pick out of a division. And that isn't quite a dynasty yet. Like if you say the Chiefs aren't going to win – the AFC this year. Like they're the clear favorites again until Patrick Mahomes proves that he's not. And so people can say that stuff, but people kind of write it off. Like, let's say the Bengals had won the Super Bowl last year. It might have been a popular pick this year of, oh, they're gonna regress. And well, people just make up Bengals, reasons. Yes. It, people just make up reasons of like, yes. well, I I was watching the Bengals and I noticed that Jamar Chase likes to hog the targets a lot. And so that's going to create a one-dimensional offense, if you ask me. Yes. And people just create stupid takes. But um, what I want to do with you, Clark, is since we're on the cusp of opening day, is I'm going to quiz you on how well you know the opening day starters throughout okay. the league. 
Gotcha. This so, is fun. I like this. So I'm going to ask you about certain teams, and you have to tell me who their opening day starter is. Gotcha. Let's see how well you know the league. And we're going to start off with Ben Pollock's love team of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, my God. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, this is tough. Um, The Pittsburgh Pirates. You, no, they are starting Mitch Keller. They are. This is their eighth starting pitcher for the eighth different year. I can believe it because the Pirates are unfortunately a terrible team. So that is our that is our next one. Now, next up, the Colorado Rockies. Do you know who they are starting? Oh my God, the Colorado Rockies. Who are they? Yes. Okay. Do you know who are who are they cooking out there? It's got to be Kyle Freeland. It is not. Is it Austin? No, wait. It's not Kyle Freeland. No. Is it Austin Gomber? No. Who is it? Jermon uh, Marquez. Oh, it's oh, I'm sorry, Herman Marquez. My my apologies to Herman Marquez. I should have known that. Yeah, so that's who we're going with. All right, next up, the Chicago White Sox. Oh my god, uh, Chicago White Sox. That's either going to be Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn. Um, it is neither. How is it neither? Oh wait, Dylan Cease. I'm sorry. That is who it is. It's Dylan Cease. God. How do you feel about your results so far? I mean, good. I'm actually a little bit upset that I missed that Rockies question because Herman Marquez is probably the best pitcher in Colorado Rockies history if you look at his advanced numbers, just how he's pitching core. So I'm a little bit embarrassed I missed that one. Would you like me to throw you some softballs? to get? No, no. I like the hard ones. I like the hard ones. All right. All right. We'll, we'll keep in the hard ones. Do you know who's starting for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Zach Gallen. That is correct. That is correct. Duh. Here's a question. Huge shakeup over in LA. Do you know who the Dodgers are starting? Um, Kershaw just pitched the other day in that game, so it can't be Kershaw. Um, Walker Bueller's not back because he has Tommy John. Uh, Andrew Heaney is no longer there because he's a Ranger. Dustin May, I can't imagine would be it. So is it Julio Urias? It is Julio Urias. Good, good yeah. process of elimination there. Uh, there you go. I mean, Urias, I, I actually will say this. This can be one of my takes early on. I have Urias pegged as a guy who I think is going to have some serious regression this year. I think he's going to take a big step, not a huge step back, but he'll certainly be worse than he was in the last couple of seasons. If you look at his advanced stat cast numbers, the RPMs on his fastball have gone down significantly. I think you see him take a step back this season. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. Do you know who the Toronto Blue Jays are starting? Toronto Blue Jays? Robbie Ray. No. It's not Robbie Ray? Not Robbie Ray. Wait, wait, did Robbie? No, Robbie Ray's in Seattle now. That's a stupid yeah, answer. Yeah, he is. He, he Robbie Ray's in Seattle. Seattle. I forgot that they he got traded to Toronto at the deadline. So, oh, so I know Toronto traded for Jose Barreas. He's terrible. No, Toronto's Alec Manoa. What am I talking? That is about? who it is. It is Alec. Manoa. God damn it! Robbie Ray is in Seattle, Clark. You idiot. Oh, that that one has pissed me off the most. That is ridiculous. I just answered that. That you missed that one. Damn it! Yes. How? Oh. I'm actually that is gonna bother me for so long that I just answered that. Let's let I'll give you a softball here and then we'll get back into some harder Damn ones. It. Who's starting for the Los Angeles Angels? Los Angeles that's an oh well Shohei Otani. Yes, it is Shohei Otani. All right, who's starting for the Milwaukee Brewers? Milwaukee Brewers Milwaukee Brewers is Corbin Burns. It is Corbin Burns. Oh, here's a fun one. Do you know who's starting for the, the Boston Red Sox? Oh my god. It's got to be Chris Sale. It is not. It's not Chris Sale. It is not. You're kidding. 
I'm actually surprised that he is their opening starter, to be quite honest. The Boston Red Sox? Who would the Red Sox start? Wait, this is ridiculous. Wait, so you're telling me it's not Chris Sale? Did he have another belly button thing or something like that? It's not Chris Sale. Hold on. Give me a minute here. Give me a minute. I can give you a hint if you'd like. No, no. I don't want hints. This is ridiculous. Boston Red Sox. Who would the Boston Boston Red Sox? Okay, they don't have any rookies that are coming up or anything like that. Um, why do I feel like it's someone really stupid? Wait, this is going to be a really bad guess, but I think it's right. Corey Kluber. That is correct. It's Corey Kluber. Oh, yes. Yes. I knew that. I didn't know that because I had Chris Sale first, but Corey Kluber, that was Corey Kluber. I can't even believe they're doing that. Yeah. I, and it's funny because I'm just looking through the list and I, and I saw that one and I'm like, man, he, I mean, I feel like it's just legacy. Last time I saw Corey Kluber on a baseball field, Oscar uh, Gonzalez had an absolute dot off him in the 14th inning to get walked off in the AL wildcard round. Okay, next up. Let's see. I've done pretty much now all the division opponents, so let's do one more. Let's finish it off with Drew Code Sports. Do you know who the Giants are starting? Oh, the Giants? Well, it's got to be a toss-up. They don't have Rodon anymore. He's in New York. No Rodon. No, so it's got to be Webb, Logan Webb. It is Logan Webb. What about to say? Be yeah. either him or Alex Corn on the Cobb, but Alex Corn on the Cobb is their day two starter after he got a knee bruise in spring training. Okay, let's see how well you know. Probably one of the worst teams in the league this year. Who are the Washington Nationals starting? They're starting Patrick Corbin. That is true. I knew that 100% because that was one of the saddest tweet outs of, you know how they do on Twitter, like, oh, this is who we're handing the ball to on opening day. Patrick Corbin. That's bad. They did it last year, too. I mean, he was their opening day starter last year. It's so bad. I know, but they paid him all that money, so they have to do it. Yeah, we'll do one last one. Okay. And we're going to end it with our barstool baseball buddy. Mm. Who are the Chicago Cubs starting? (sighs) They're starting Marcus Stroman. That is correct. Let me ask you this. This is a hard one. I'll, I'll see if you know it. Yeah. Who are the Oakland Athletics starting? I don't know. I was just looking at the list. I barely even know who's on their team right now. You know, wow, you're not familiar with the uh, Estuary Ruiz starting in center field? No. Kyle Muller is starting for the Wait, Estuary Ruiz is starting for their starting center fielder this season. They cut Christian Pache the other day. Our buddies over at Divine Sports Gospel had a big old day on Twitter because they thought it was ridiculous that he was cut, which, to be fair, I think it is a little bit crazy that they did cut him, but he is one of the worst baseball, I mean, one of the worst offensive players in baseball last season, if not the worst. Yeah, I can't believe Estuary Rees is getting a start. He's got like two or though. three bombs. This, I mean, he's put on some weight, you can tell, but the A's suck, so it doesn't matter. Respectfully to those A's fans out there that I am friends with, which is a lot of people. I, the A's was, fans are good people. Who is he traded with? How did um, he? So when we traded him to Milwaukee to get Josh Hader, he got traded again this offseason from Milwaukee to the A's. Oh. I don't exactly know for what the deal was involving that, but I know Estuary Ruiz is an A now. Okay. Well, Those Kelly Green uniforms still look great. Keep them in Oakland, folks. Just get an owner in there that actually spends money. Speaking of, uh, I mean, it's not speaking of Oakland because I'm actually thinking of Vegas because they're eventually going to move there. Have yeah. you seen the videos of that giant sphere thing in Vegas? No. What's the giant sphere thing? So I guess behind, uh, I think it's the, what's the hotel, the Win? Like behind the Win Hotel, they created this giant sphere fear that's supposed to be like a 4d like concert slash like basketball venue and if you look at it 
it looks like those robots from the Incredibles, Fun. which you, that's you good. know those things like yes, the Omni Droids. It looks like that, and it's just a giant sphere on the back of the strip. And I guess it costs like billions of dollars, and no one wants to perform there. I guess we're supposed to open this fall and they like are having really trouble booking it because no one wants to create a 4D show because I guess a part of the sphere is that it can like shoot water at you and do like wind stuff, you know? Right. Yes. Here's here's my final question for the night. Here's my final question for the night. Just because you said The Incredibles. Yeah. Is The Incredibles a top five Pixar movie? I would say so. Yeah. Really? But it's also hard because I also feel like all three of the original Toy Stories are all top five Pixar movies. I actually agree with that. I think it's I think Toy Story on its own gets lumped into one sum. I agree. They're just all so good. Remember, Toy Story this, is four is fine. Yeah, four's they didn't need to make it. They don't need to make any more. There's no need to. They yeah, but four was fine. I'm I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie. On its own, it's a good movie. No, but... on its own. But the thing is that three was such a good ending, almost got emotional in that theater as a kid. That was they should never have touched it after that. Never. I mean, yeah. I gotta think of the other movies I would inside it did give out. Us Duke Kaboom, though, in the fourth one. That Duke was, Kaboom. It, that Keanu was Reeves. Keanu Reeves voicing a Canadian motorcyclist named Duke Kaboom. That was big. Everyone uh, liked that. I will say the other Pixar movies I would consider like top five range. I'm just gonna say it off the top of my head. We didn't prepare this. Uh Inside Out. Okay, like that's Inside always a hot one. You always love Inside Out. Inside Out is such a good movie. It's underappreciated. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a good movie. Um, well, uh, I don't know if I want to put Wally. Say it. In I would. I'll say it with you. Wally is Wally? top five in my mind. Wally's really good. They were. I mean, talk about like theming on the climate change stuff. They were ahead of their time. Way ahead of their time. Good for good for Disney on that. Yeah, I will say. I will stand by Wally. Uh, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo's top five. Great for sure. Finding have, Nemo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie um what else would i consider in there you haven't said one of them i would put in there up up is a top up, up is really good a lot of people like ratatouille too that people... that rounds out my five ratatouille is in my top five so you you don't have incredibles in there no i have incredibles just out i love incredibles the incredibles is a great movie the thing is though with pixar is that if you're getting left out of the top five you're still like an s tier movie it's still yeah really you're good. still really good so. except recently they've kind of faltered <sighs> I haven't really watched as many as I've I haven't you know, either. You like, know, be a movie that is also just outside is like Coco. Like Coco's. Really Coco good. was good. Yeah, Coco was fantastic. Coco's a good movie. So, what about Cars? Where's Cars for you? Okay, I think Cars is never the highest rated one. I really like Cars though. Cars, the original, they did not really need to make any of the Chow. I li- I think Cars, the original, is a great movie. I think that yeah. for me is a top ten Pixar movie. I think people give it a hard time. Life is a highway for Christ's sake from Rascal Flatt. Are you kidding me with that? That was generational to give us that. I think I think a lot of people just give it a really hard time because two wasn't very good. So they kind of have done the Toy Story effect where they loop them all together. And so it's dragged down the first one because I do not think the first one is as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, I would. I think, again, I think the first one's great. I, I really enjoy it. So is Pixar hot or not? Pixar's hot. Pixar's always hot. The block is always hot with Pixar around, man. Do you have anything that's not hot this week? Anything, anything that's, that's not hot? hot this week that I saw that was um I'm trying to think of anything that was like just like not just not in this. Can week. I give a hot? Yeah, I, you don't it. like it. Ted Lasso. Ted I Lasso not season, three. season yet. Season I would not say that I don't like it. I just uh, it's not hot. I think 
Okay, here's my problem with Ted Lasso. And I'm sure to the 10 people watching this would be like, this guy's an idiot because everyone likes Ted Lasso. I think Ted Lasso has a really good lead and a couple really good side characters. I think everything else about it is really kind of overhyped. Like I think what? to sit there and say this is like a top 10 show of all time to me is crazy. It's so good. It's, the new season is great. It's a good show. I like it. I'm just saying, if you're going to come to me and tell me Ted Lasso is a top 10 show of all time, I will probably laugh in your face because I think that's outrageous. Also, Drew just said, I haven't started Ted Lasso. You need to get on it. Ted Lasso. It is worth the watch. It's worth watching. Even if you don't love it, another show that's worth watching from Apple TV Plus, if you give the subscription, Severance. Severance is great. For Severance All Mankind is, is also a great show on Apple. Um, One more thing. I'm going to say not, just because I'm thinking about it, because we just talked about Ted Lasso. The other show that's airing right now that is not is The Mandalorian. No, not hot. Mandalorian was a cultural icon. Uh, a couple years ago, it is not anymore. I'm kind of over it. It's, I think yeah, we won't we don't need to get into too much. We don't need to get into it. it too but much, I would but kind I'm of agree. It it, it's teared off a little bit for me. Is there anything you'd like to say is either hot or not before I'm we sign to off? Anything, uh, hot, my new couch in my apartment. I mean, my house. I'm sorry. That is, couches are in. They're hot. Love the couch. Big fan of it. You know. Good. Um, trying to think of not hot. Anything not hot, not hot or not in, I should say is okay. So at the gym, this is such a dumb thing to get mad about. Uh, the gym, I switched to a new one, as I've told you, um, this one's like a bodybuilding gym, which I'm not trying to bodybuild or anything like that. I just really like it. But my problem is do not scream like you're being attacked by a bear when you're doing a rep. Okay. Like I get it. No, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not saying don't like that annoys me. But just when I have someone just going, and it's like, oh, why? Please don't do that. You want to hear the other gym thing I hate, which really strong people do? Drop the weights from like their like yeah. bicep up. That is so annoying. It's like this just doesn't need to. I mean, you can just put it down. But I get it. You're like, I guess maybe it's just like, oh, I just Hulk mode it and just got to drop everything. Yeah, but when you're dropping Great. it from your like waist down with like 45 pound weights. I know. It's like insane. I, yeah. Fortunately, it doesn't happen very much at this gym. But people do like to yell quite a bit. And it's like, whoa. Okay. I want to say one more not, and then we can go, oh. and it's sports related. Um, the XFL. The XFL is not hot. Oh, I don't know. That lasted one week, and everyone was done with it. It's not hot. I don't know why they continue to try to. Honestly, like, it was fun before the pandemic because, like, it was kind of easy to watch. The mm -hmm. rules were fun. It just feels now it's just played out. And especially like St. Louis, like they get like 25,000 people to go, which is cool. And yeah. then you see like the Vegas stadium, which is like a high school football stadium that 5,000 people to show. It looks yeah. like a practice facility. It's pretty sad. And it's like, but what is this? Exactly. Yeah, that's not, not, no. I don't know if you're watching the XFL people. I am not. Pick it up, I'm, Dwayne. Yeah, come, come on, on Dwayne. Get, get in the office and make this better, okay? Please. All right. Uh, anything before we go? No. Uh, just can't wait for opening day tomorrow, man. I'm psyched. So stoked. All right. Well, this has been From the Backseat. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on all of our platforms, TikTok, uh, Twitter. Hopefully TikTok isn't taken down. Uh, we'll see yeah. if it is. 
yeah Hopefully we're getting disappear. those if anything keep tap into those uh betting advice can be on youtube folks i'm yeah. like steam i'm i think i'm what i'm nine and two on my last 11 now it's getting dangerous out here it's also it's if you feel like high. it clark and i are currently in the application process to become walter picks uh creators so yeah. hopefully we are in the second round of interviews we're sending in some uh original content so hopefully we get that if not we don't like walter pick sorry but if you do hire us we love you and hopefully they don't hear that yeah hopefully not no one cropped this part yeah. uh we're from the backseat again make sure to subscribe and like us on youtube i hope you guys have a great rest of your night appreciate it all have a good night